Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and with me, as always, is Mike Lockman. Mike, how are you doing today? I am doing great, as always, Joe. Do you have a have a good Thanksgiving? I had such a good Thanksgiving that I think I'm still full. <laughs> um, so, yeah. and I, I I'd love to say that I'm joking about that. I I'm really not. I, uh, I've been going with like the lettuce and uh, and and water diet for a couple of days. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, I ate so much good food. Uh, well, hopefully it was worth it. It was absolutely. That's yeah. the only way to do it. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it's always crazy when, when, you know, people, people go nuts over these holidays, this time of year, and there's so much going on. And, and I, I feel like for me, Thanksgiving was the least crazy day of the last like 10 days for me, (laughs) which, uh, which is, is a little, uh, I think it's, you know, I don't know if that's supposed to be the case or not, but, uh, definitely was a a fun day of, uh, of food and, and watching some, some, uh, football uh before the uh the championship game right right well uh you can send us questions and feedback of course uh for the show to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com and uh you can still do that we uh although all the games are done of course we are going to do uh one more show after this week to kind of wrap up uh the 2023 season and also uh take a look ahead to 2024 and some changes that are coming down the pike uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at, at NHHS Sports. Uh, and of course, uh, obviously, this week's show is uh, available to you on a Tuesday, as will next week's show uh, be up on Tuesday morning uh, at nh-highschoolsports.com or on Spotify or Odyssey. So, uh, like I said, one one show this week and uh, another show to wrap up the year next week and uh, and that'll do it for 2023 i i can't believe that that we are uh we are already done uh yeah every I, season goes by that fast I, it, faster i feel like every year it's it's we blink and it's over yep uh but it's been a fun year uh capped by a uh a final championship game this past saturday of course the division one championship game uh held again uh for the third year in a row at exeter uh in in bill ball stadium and uh, for the second year in a row, you had Londonderry taking on Bedford, and uh, I guess you know we, we don't need to uh, to beat around the bush, I guess, as everybody at this point I'm assuming knows what happened. Uh, Bedford got its second straight championship, beating Londonderry 28 to eight. A little less a uh, little less drama in this game, I would say, or at least at least at the finish uh, from a year ago. Uh, of course, when when Bedford won on a, a late field goal. Uh, but certainly a, a game that had its ups and downs and, and surprises. And, um, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, I thought it was a, a pretty, you know, well-played game. Um, I'm sure there will be people that complain about the officiating regardless of what happened. But, you know, especially compared to a year ago, a year ago there were, I felt like there were a lot more penalties. This year was a little bit cleaner, um, you know, overall. And um, I don't know, what what were your kind of, immediate takeaways from from Bedford's uh win last Saturday I thought the same thing I I was going to say exactly what you said which is I thought it was a really well-played game on both sides of the ball it it looked like two veteran teams that have that have been there before which is precisely what it was you know a lot of times as a fan there's a part of you I think that says yeah I don't know if I'm interested in a rematch just because you like to see you know it's just like why people hate the Patriots so much, you know, after 20 years, right? Like you get, sometimes fans get tired of seeing the same teams, but the, the, not so much this year, not that I don't think this year, no, it's not going to happen this year. (laughs) Um, Not by a long shot, but God, that's a whole nother topic. But (laughs) I think the advantage to seeing two veteran teams that have the, the championship experience though, is you do get a really well coached clean game. Um, You know, there was a, there was a note, um, in your article uh, where coach Matthews had said, Hey, you know, it, we, we forget sometimes that these are young guys, you know, it's not, these are not professional athletes. These are young guys. And sometimes it takes them a little while to just kind of get into the moment a little bit and not be overwhelmed by it. And um, I, I think when you get those rematches like this one, or even one, t- you know, when one team's been there before and another has been deep in the playoffs, they get over that sort of nervousness a little quicker and, um, 
you, you get, like I said, like a really just a well-played, clean game. Um, and, and that was my assessment. I thought the officials, for the most part, kind of let them play, you know. Um, again, there were some calls, but um, but I thought it was a, I thought it was a really entertaining game that was the two best teams in New Hampshire going at it, quite honestly, Joe. Yeah, I think the calls were were obvious ones. Um, yeah. You know, when they made, you know, the ones that they made. Um, yeah, you're, I, and I agree with you, too. I think this was, you know, the, the two best teams in the state going at it. Uh, and, yeah, the start, um, you know, it, it, I'm glad you brought up that, that uh, quote from, from uh, Coach Matthews, you know, you know about, um, you know, th- thinking that maybe a lesser team, the way it started for Bedford, that, that maybe some doubt starts to creep in. And, you know, for, for a team that was returning, you know, as many guys as they were from last year's championship team, you know, for them to be the one that starts out with back-to-back turnovers on their opening drives, um, you know, and, and giving up a, a, a kind of a long touchdown drive, long in terms of number of plays, I guess, uh, and time, um, you know, on, on the first, the, the Londonderry's first possession, you know, maybe if it's a different team, you know, they do crack there and, and it just it snowballs on them. Uh, yeah. But, you know, they, they did a great job of regrouping, um, you know, and it's and, – and, you know, Londonderry's uh, Jimmy Lozon said this – said after the game, you know, it wasn't like, you know, either of those interceptions that Seth Doyon had uh, of, of Bedford's uh, Danny Black were, you know, bad throws or mistakes or deflected – they were athletic plays by Doyon, who right. you know, who's been a great player for Londonderry over the years. Um, you know, especially the first one was I, I want to say was like a diving, you know, pick on a on a slant over you know in in the middle of the field, just a, yep. a, a great play. Um, you know, and then for Bedford to you know after the second one, you're kind of like, uh oh, geez, what's going what's going to happen now? And Bedford forced the three and out, got the ball back. And uh, and got back in the game, um, you know. So I mean, that start was, I mean, it was borderline catastrophic. Yeah, you know, you make an excellent point on that because I think that was the first time all season Bedford had actually been down. If I'm not mistaken, uh, se- second time they actually trailed Dover. Uh, yes, when they played in the regular season, I want to say it was seven nothing, and then ten uh, yeah, seven in that okay. game. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is true, and. and but again, the way that it happened, right? Two turnovers, you know, Londonderry gets the, the, that good drive in the beginning. Not only do they score, but they go for two, go up eight, nothing. And, you know, really what, what Bedford was able to do this week was what Pinkerton could not last week, which was avoid the downward spiral with a slow start and, and kind of, you know, falling behind early. Yeah. Right. I, I really think that that was Pinkerton's downfall because we both know that Pinkerton, very good football team. They had beaten Londonderry regular season, et cetera. Right. But Londonderry jumped ugly on them just like they did here in the championship game. And it was, it was sort it was almost like emotionally Pinkerton had a hard time recovering from that, whether they just weren't expecting to get punched in the mouth that early or whatever it was. Whereas Bedford, to your point, very experienced, um, but also not used to being down very much. So it's kind of a coin toss to say, how are they going to react emotionally to getting punched in the gut and, you know, having some great defensive plays result in a couple of turnovers against them very early on. But I think you're right, Joe, having, it's like we opened with, right. Having that experience, having been there before. And by the way, the way that they won last year, um, I'm sure that was at the forefront of everybody's mind and they were able to kind of keep it together, stay focused, you know, go back to one play at a time and get right back on track. You know, I, I want to go back, you know, it, it, the, uh, I guess the, the good thing about only having one game to talk about is we can get into some of the, the details that we wouldn't normally get into. And, and you mentioned the conversion uh, on Londonderry's touchdown. I, and I do want to mention that because I thought it was, you know, at first I thought it was a, a, it wasn't a called play. Apparently, it was um, that they they intended for it, it, it to be a fake uh, point after. The reason I thought it wasn't was because Bedford got in so fast on the on the PAT. I thought that the holder uh, Sam Ogden just picked it up and, and ran with it, but they kind of anticipated that Bedford would do that, so they called that 
um, you know, that fake and just a yeah, tremendously athletic play, I thought, by by Ogden to to get up and and get to the pylon before anyone else uh from Bedford was there. Um yeah. you know, and, and it's one of those things, you know, you think it hey, what what kind of difference is this gonna make? And I think you saw what difference it made after Bedford scored its first touchdown. You know, instead of kicking the extra point and just making it eight seven, they tried to go for two, didn't get it, and it's now eight six. Right. Um, you know, with, you know, I mean, it was a, still early in the second quarter. And again, you don't know what's going to happen. You kind of wonder, is that going to have a, a, a play a big out or have a, a big effect on the rest of the game? And it, it turned out it didn't, but um, you never know. And I, again, I thought that was a great call by Lundaderry. I thought so, too. And and again, to that, to what we've been saying, right at that point, not only did you get did you did you get down by eight quick? But now, you know, on your first touchdown, you failed a match because you can't get the conversion and you're still down eight, six. And those same questions that you just asked are going through the coaching staff's head. It's going through the kids heads in terms of your players. And again, I think the most impressive thing about this championship for Bedford is not how well they played or, or, or what their game plan was or any of that stuff. It was it was weathering that storm. Right. You know, and, against the Londonderry team that we that we both watched live the week before, who knows how to take advantage of of getting out to, to that quick start, right? Yeah, they did the same thing against Pinkerton, took advantage of of their opportunities there. Um, you know, the the other there was another point too after even after they Bedford got that three and out on on the second after the second turnover. You know, they get the they get a big uh, sack from. Uh, Kevin Sheridan to to force the punt, but on, then on the first play, uh, you know they get called for a hold. Bedford gets called for a hold on the first play of the next drive. Yeah, goes to you know from first and ten on their forty-two to first and twenty on their thirty-two. And again, it's another one of those. It's like, oh man, what what's going to happen now? Uh, and you know, uh, you get a fifteen-yard run from Danny Black on the next play. Uh, and all of a sudden you go from, you know, what looks like disaster to, you know, uh, starting what turned into a touchdown drive. Right. You know, and, and what I thought was uh, Im- most impressive on that drive is that with the exception of, um, you know, second and goal from the nine Bedford threw on that play, the rest of it was all run plays. Uh, right. Including Black's nine-yard touchdown run on third down. You know, I thought going into this game – you know, given what Londonderry had done the week before against Pinkerton's offense, that Bedford was going to have to... I thought the big difference between that game and this game, uh, at least when Bedford had the ball, was going to be that Bedford had a better passing attack with Black and Luke Soden and uh, Dom Tagliaferro and um, Sheridan at tight end. And Oh, yeah, and undoubtedly. Just, I thought that that would have been the difference, and it turned out it wasn't. That I, It turned out Bedford was able to run whenever it wanted to. Uh, yeah, they were. Um, and, and the interesting thing about that is too, is it wasn't just, you know, so there's the combination of, of having, you know, carefully watched Londonderry play against Pinkerton's ground game the week before, but it was also, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, you know, in terms of how, how the matchup was going to play out and, you know, just sort of guessing at it. But it was also the fact that Portsmouth's defensive front, did a, did a pretty good job against Bedford's run game. Not, not ideal, right? Obviously, they didn't win the football game, but they were able to contain um, a lot of what Bedford was able to do and, and, and minimize, like, the big gains, you know, the breakaway type stuff. So when I looked at Londonderry's front and, and I looked at Portsmouth's fronts, I mean, obviously, there's some differences in personnel and things, but they're very similar in terms of the way that they play, the way that they're coached, the type of the type of people that they have in general in that front seven. So it was like, yeah, this is going to be a tough matchup. And it, and it turns out that I, I got to tell you, you know, watching this one carefully, Joe, I think that Bedford's offensive line just came to play. Um, they were extremely well prepared for what they were seeing. Yeah. Um, you know, in a lot of cases, they, they got a lot of movement on, that Londonderry front, which has really good players in it. 
and were just able to displace them. You know, the Lindenberry defensive line was was trying to play their game, and um, they were getting moved. A lot of times, just like horizontal displacement, right? They may not have getting, been getting blown off the ball, but it looked like Bedford was able to just sort of displace them horizontally along the line of scrimmage, and then they'd get a blocker inserted, um, or you know, they'd make a man miss at the second level in a lot of cases, right? Um, and you know, it, it it looked like it was an easy six or seven yards for the Bedford run game. Yeah, it was. Um... Well, and then, and then, uh, you know, the other thing that we noticed early on there too. I mean, we we spent how much time last week talking about how, you know, Londonderry moved Ty Miles into the backfield on offense and and was able to, you know, run the ball, uh, you know, with with so much success against Pinkerton, um, and then we barely saw it against Bedford. Right. Uh, which I think I've had, you know, a couple of, of other coaches have, have said to me they didn't they were surprised by that, you know, because that was that seemed to be such a big game changer in the semifinal. And then they they got away from it against Bedford. Uh, you know, it just kind of surprised, I think, some people, um, you know, and it was it was something that Bedford devoted a lot of time and practice to, you know, going into the championship game, uh, you know, according to Matthews, that they. They put in a new defense or, or a different defensive alignment um, to try to account for that. So they weren't having, you know, uh, defensive backs trying to take on Miles. They were getting, you know, other guys involved uh, on right. him. Um, and then it turns out they didn't they didn't need it uh, as much. They still used it, and it you know it was successful against against Londonderry's offense. But um, yeah, just uh, um something that I thought was, you know, that I expected to see more of and was a little bit surprised by it. Yeah. It looked like they had miles back at left guard for most of it. Probably yeah, 90% yeah. of the snaps. Um, you know, there were a couple of times where you'd see them sub in uh, the additional linemen and, and they'd go to that package, whether it was in short yardage or, or just other situations. But, you know, I was, I was wondering the same thing too. And I wonder whether maybe just, you know, Londonderry's understanding of how good Bedford's down three linemen are, where they where they may have looked at that and said, you know, we need all the the double teams and sort of you know movement right there at the line of scrimmage that we can get, and you know we'll take a, a Brody Helton or a Jack Rizzo one on one with a linebacker because that's a better matchup for us, right? Right. Uh, whereas maybe against Pinkerton, who has you know, a diff- different style of kid playing those inside linebacker spots or whatever, or, or Portsmouth for that matter, right. Who has those really, the, the two really big uh, body types at inside linebacker, you know, they might've looked at the Londonderry front and said their strength is less in the linebacking core and more in the, the, the D lineman core. So let's, you know, let's try to get some double teams on the line of scrimmage. It could just be that simple. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, mentioned Rizzo um, had a couple big runs on on Bedford's second uh, touchdown uh, possession, including the touchdown. Um, yep. You know, converted a third and three for midfield with a a thirteen yard run uh, to give Bedford a first down, keep keep the drive going. Then on uh, third and nine at Londonderry's thirty six, uh, Black tries to hit Sheridan uh, past the sticks for a first down, and and Londonderry gets called for a, a defensive pass interference. Uh, much to the uh, chagrin of, of the Londonderry fans. But, I mean, watching it live and then watching it again on video, I mean, I don't remember who the defensive player was, but, I mean, he kind of just climbed on Sheridan's back. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a, a good call there. Two plays later, Rizzo goes in from 12 yards out. Uh, they kick the extra point, and it's a 13-8 Bedford game. Bedford lead, excuse me, with uh, with 5-18 left in the half. Um, you know, and it, and it seemed kind of... You know, momentum really shifted quite a bit, um, you know, on that drive, I feel like. You know, now Londonderry's looking at a deficit. Uh, Bedford's got some, you know, some mo- momentum going on offense. They've made a couple of stops on defense now. Um, actually forced two three and outs, you know, after that, that rough start. Um, I don't know. You were, of course, uh, you, were, you were watching it uh, on the live stream did it feel that way? Why it definitely felt that way in person. 
did it feel that way watching it, you know, that, that things were starting to shift at that oh, point? Absolutely. Yeah. I, it was, it was almost hard to watch, you know, again, I wasn't necessarily rooting for either team because I, I, I don't know anybody or have any affiliation sure, with it. Of course. We're, we're very but, objective uh, here. Yes. Very objective. <laughs> but, but at one point I was like, wow, you know, Londonderry is coming out and kind of, again, playing the same way they played against Pinkerton right out of the gate, just punch, punch, punch. And, um, but once, but you, you hit the nail on the head and there were several moments where you could kind of feel, uh, the, the momentum slipping away, but you know, where, where they needed a big play and they, they being Londonderry and they just didn't get one or to the point you made about the, the recovering from the holding penalty with the black, scramble and run for 15 yards right those moments for bedford would come up where you'd be like okay unless they have a big play here you know londonderry is going to be able to keep them at bay and bedford always sort of got what they needed when they needed it and londonderry had a hard time on the opposite side of that coin i I also think you know that drive the other reason that drive really stuck out to me was because of how it was keyed by rizzo yeah because you get so used to to seeing Brody Helton and all the things that he's capable of doing and how how he's just kind of a one man wrecking crew in terms of that Bedford running game. But I think that that the fact that Rizzo had a really um, good performance on that drive in particular also kind of helped Bedford the rest of the way because you know, they're 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 a little bit more hesitant now on do you just zone in on stopping Helton or oh boy we have to be worried about you know this other factor that we've got a clue in on too and that that was another thing that I sort of felt happened on that drive was like okay you know they can get bodies to to Helton maybe but are they going to be able to shut down Helton and Rizzo at the same time plus account for the fact that you know Black can throw to Tagliaferro he could throw to Sheridan like all all those things they can do that they don't necessarily do unless they need to right yeah. Um, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so, so it, it, it sort of, it had a feel of Londonderry's defense starting to get overwhelmed a little bit about, okay, you have so many weapons here to account for. How can you be aggressive to any one aspect of it? Yeah. On that, um, on that drive, Helton had um, three carries and then caught a pass as well. Um, but none, you know, the, the longest gain was for nine yards. Um, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember, and I can't, is if, if they had, I think they might've had both of them lined up in the backfield with black on that drive. I, but I don't think they like rotated them in and out. I, I could be, I could be totally wrong about that, but no, if, if I remember, remember yeah. correctly, they were on the field at the same time, no, whether they, they were kind of like in a split back or whether they were using um, Rizzo as a, as a motion man kind of off the, off the, you know, the, the action with Helton. I can't, I can't remember exactly either, but I remember thinking that they were kind of using Rizzo, you know, against London Derry's commitment to Helton, which how how do you not? That that was my point, right? Like how do you not commit resources to stopping (laughs) Brody Helton? Yeah. Um, And how do you commit extra resources to stopping Brody Helton? Because they have, Rizzo, they have Tagliaferro, they have Matthews, they have uh, Sheridan, right? Like, I mean, you can only take away so many guys with high school defenses. You can only take away so many guys with NFL defenses, <laughs> right? So that that ultimately was, was, I think, what I felt with that drive was Bedford wasn't going to be stubborn. They were going to allow whoever Londonderry was going to give them the ability to make plays, and that was going to make life for Londonderry's defense very difficult. So uh, thirteen nothing with what I say a little more than five or th- not thirteen thirteen to eight sorry, um, with a little more than five minutes left in the half, both teams go scoreless on their their next two possessions. Londonderry gets the ball back a minute and a half to go, uh, and looks like they they might you know might be starting to put something together. Um, you know uh, Ogden hits uh, Doyen for a seventeen yard gain and a first down gets him to midfield. This and you know just to tell you how how tough of a day it was offensively, that 17 yard uh, reception not only the longest pass play for Londonderry on the day but the second longest play, period. Um, the only one longer was was Jake Shenna's 18 yard touchdown run on that opening drive. Right. Um, you know so 
you know, in, in hindsight, yeah, really, a, a, it show, goes to show how much of a, a, a grind it was uh, for Londonderry to try to move the ball. Uh, and then on the next play, if momentum, you know, as we were saying, wasn't already uh, all Bedford's way, it was after this next sequence, you know, where, where Ogden tries to throw over the middle. The ball gets tipped by Bennett Matthews and then gets uh, caught by Tagliaferro, who returns it uh, to the Londonderry 22-yard line. And then, bam, on the next play, uh, Danny Black hits Luke Soden uh, for a 22-yard touchdown. And uh, Bedford now – and then uh, Rizzo runs in the conversion to make it 21-8, to which is where it went into uh, at halftime. And it just – that at that point, it, it all the momentum was going Bedford's way. Uh, even a 20-minute halftime where both bands came out and played – you know, sometimes you lose a little bit of that when with the the extra uh, five minutes on a halftime, but it, it still it still felt like it was uh, you know Bedford's team to lose at that point. Yeah, I you know the 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 way it kind of went in my head was the the drive that was capped by the Risso touchdown um, previously was the momentum shift, and then that that uh, that Matthews to Tagliaferro tip pick. Um, I don't even know if that's a thing. I just made that up, but <laughs> <laughs> the tip pick, um, that was the backbreaker. It, it really was right. Because again, Londonderry was, was really having to grind out yardage and drives, um, as you mentioned. Right. And, and on the other side, Bedford was Bedford was getting five to six a pop. Um, however, they were choosing to get it done. So there was this, there was this sense of, Londonderry is really having to scratch and claw for every yard, and indeed they did. And and Bedford's kind of having their way, whether it was inside run, outside run, whatever it was. So, yeah, you know, Tagliaferro kind of made a he was in the right place at the right time, but he made a really good play on that ball. That was it. It wasn't one of those ones where it was obvious he was going to come down with it. At least from my perspective, right? He kind of had to catch it down around his knees. It almost looked like, um, you know, sort of scoop under it and react to it. Um, it was a really good play, um, but I'm, yeah. I, <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I was. I was just gonna say. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't see what happened at all. Oh, uh, you didn't. I you haven't. I haven't gone. Well, no, because I. So I was because of the 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 completion before that. I was all right. They're at midfield. You know, let's let's go down to the other end of the field. So I was I was in the middle of walking to the other end of the field, and I you know I'm doing one of those you know looking at my notes, looking at the field, trying not to bump into anybody. Uh, you know, on the bench, I saw I saw Matthews tip the ball, and I thought, okay, that uh, plays over, and uh, looked down, and the next thing I know, everybody's cheering, and and we're running back in the other direction. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I uh, I haven't I haven't had a chance to go back and watch that one yet, but uh, but uh, yeah, I I uh, unfortunately missed that one. Yeah, and if you're on the Londonderry side of the ball too, that's such a that's such a tough one to swallow as you're as your backbreaker, right? Because right. again, it, you can almost stomach it if, you know, if your quarterback throws a legitimate interception or, you know, somebody jumps a route and, and, you know, like, like the previous interceptions you talked about, right. Somebody jumps a route, just makes a really good athletic play. It's really painful when it's a tipped ball. It's not really even anybody's fault. As soon as the defense tips the ball, it's kind of up for grabs. Right. And like I said, Tagliaferro, you know, who we've seen make some great plays on offense this season, just happened to be standing right in the right place with one of the best set of hands in the state to scoop that ball. Um, and it's just, it, it had to be uh, really, really deflating, especially since I think they were putting, they were putting a, a pretty good drive together. It felt at that point, were they not? I mean, it was only, I mean, it was only a couple of plays, but yeah, I mean, they, it was, it was their best, you know, the, you know, most yards they picked up, I believe, on a drive since that opening one. Um, well, yeah, they, right. hadn't, they hadn't had a first down since that opening drive, and they did on that play. So, yeah, it was, you know, the most moment, you know, most that they'd moved the ball up to that point. Yeah, and it was still early in the game. So, you, you know, you felt like, okay, maybe they've shaken it off a little bit. I remember that's kind of how I felt. Maybe they've shaken it off a little bit, get a first down here, you know march out past midfield should be in pretty good shape they can get going downhill a little bit and um and then that happens it's it's that's a, that's a tough one yeah you know but getting getting the ball to start the second half um you know it's it's an opportunity to kind of go in correct some things 
you know, regroup and and hopefully, you know, put together a, a good opening drive, maybe find the end zone, you know, to get back in the game. And uh, and just unfortunately for Londonderry, it, it, it wasn't there. Um, you know, they opened the second half with a, with a three and out, have to punt the ball away. Um, you know, the defense is able to hold Bedford, you know, despite, you know, Bedford picking up um, some yardage, but... Um, you know, same thing, more of the same on the on the next drive. Another, um, another three and out, and then this time, uh, Tagliaferro comes up with a huge punt return uh, to get the ball down to the Londonderry four. Um, so that again, another moment where it feels like Bedford's about to just take complete control of the game and and kind of put the nail in the coffin for Londonderry. Yeah. Um. You know, it's interesting that, that there's been the game last year, obviously special teams was huge for Bedford. Um, I mean, they, they won on that last minute field goal. And, you know, you, you got a sense a little bit that that may be the case again here, but for the most part, it, it was kind of a non-factor in this game, right? There were, there were some two point conversions that factor in. So you're not even really looking at PATs. Um, but, but that punt return, you know, was, was kind of the, the highlight of the special teams reel, I guess I would say. Yeah. Um, but then to come away with nothing, you know, you might be deflated there, but it's just such a, such a difficult thing to recover, you know, to, to, to be looking at 99 yards after making that stop. Right. Right. You know, that's that's the other thing too. It's like you, you're elated. You, you kept him out, you know, and now we're backed up, you know, out of the shadow of our own end zone. We're looking at 99 yards just to, just to try to stay in the game, forget about tying it up or getting back in, you know, or going ahead. Um, but they put a good drive together coming out. They just could close on it. Well, even so before that, you know, I, I the, uh, the Bedford folks were, were a little, uh, upset because they thought that uh, on fourth and goal from the one that that uh, Brody Helton had, had gotten in, and I, you know watching that one again, I'm not too sure. It looked like he he, you know, was down short and then kind of bounced into the end zone. What I the one that I think they might have uh, a, a complaint on was the actually the play before, uh, you know, it was third and seven or third and goal from the seven, and uh, you know Helton got close and and kind of tried that play that you see a lot or that move that you see a lot in the NFL these days where a guy kind of extends uh you know full body extension arm all the way out reaching for the goal line and just and I didn't really think he was close you know watching it live but going back and and of course you know we officials don't have this luxury in in high school but going back and watching the replay in kind of slow motion you know he's able to keep himself off the ground with his his left hand and I thought watching it again that he actually broke the plane before he any part of him was down other than his hand um you know so I thought on that play they might have had some beef but um yeah it's you know all for naught yeah and like you said yeah, you for, had said you had said how impressed you were with his the body with control the, the body control there, there yeah right yeah. um yeah I I did not I mean because he's a you know not that he's a huge running back but he is a you know it's a little bit of a bigger guy um, but just his athleticism there, I, I was really impressed with. Um, but yeah, for like you said, for Londonderry, hooray, we stopped them. But you know, an offense that's now punted on its last three of its last four or five possessions is now on its one yard line trying to go out. Um, they and like you said, they were able to move it out, they got you know, put a nice drive together that ate up some time and picked up a couple first downs, but. Then, you know, as it had kind of to that point, it stalled out uh, on the Bedford 42 and, and, and Bedford takes over with, you know, a little more than six minutes left and is looking to just kind of, uh, you know, run out the clock at that point. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the way that the way that things had gone for Londonderry's O against really what might have been Bedford's best defensive performance of the year, right? If you think about the matchup and, and all the weapons that Londonderry has, we've been talking about that all year, how they're a very similar style of team in terms of not just featuring one person. They go with what, you know, they go with whatever's cranking at the time. 
but to be looking, you know, staring down the barrel of that defense that has just shut you down time after time, you know, through most of the game. Um, I, I was actually pretty impressed that they that they were able to bang it out near midfield, to be honest with you. I thought that was a really good drive for them. It's, uh, you know, obviously the, the Bedford defense stepped up and, like you said, kind of shut them down and, and got it to, uh, hey, let's just control the clock here and, and this one's in the bag time. But um, but I, I did think that that was, a, that was a nice kind of gutsy drive for Londonderry. Yeah, uh, show show a little bit, you know, of of that um, kind of fight that we've known, you know, seen over the years from from Coach Lozon's teams, you know, that they're, you know, they're not just going to go and pack it in and in, in any right, game. Uh, right. But yeah, Bedford's trying to run it out, and then and instead, uh, Helton breaks one off for for a forty five yard touchdown, uh, you know, to to finish out the scoring um, and give Bedford that twenty point lead. Uh, with just under four minutes to go. And, and from there, it was, you know, uh, this has been, you know, I think offensively quite a different kind of team for Londonderry, uh, you know, in the sense that they've been, you know, even in that spread offense, they've been more of kind of a power running team for most of yes. the year uh, with that mix of running backs and quarterbacks. Uh, and now you put them in a situation where they absolutely have to throw the ball. And, uh, you know, it was... Uh, you know, talking to Coach Matthews, that that's actually what he thought is, you know, the weakness of his defense might be, you know, if there was one, um, you know, but just Londonderry was not able to take advantage of that at any point, especially not down uh, a couple scores late in the game. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough position to be in, right? That's not how, that's not how you earn your money all year, right? Can they throw? Of course they can. Um, is that how they earn their money? No, exactly what you said right there. They're a little bit more of a, a spread it to pound it type team, right? They they may use the open formations and things, but they're really looking to get the ball, you know, in the hands of their quarterbacks and other guys, and and you know, churn it out on the ground. Like like honestly, like a lot of really good New Hampshire teams do, right? <laughs> right. right. Um, but once you get into that situation, it's it's asking a lot of them to try to to try to throw the ball even just to catch up right because again even though coach matthews might have thought hey if we do have a weakness it, it may be in our pass defense th- you know their secondary and their linebacker core are loaded with athletes um just really really good athletes right you know we've already talked about uh some of those guys back there and and their ability to ball hawk and those type of things so i think even there right it's 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 relatively game over at that point, right? Uh, and it you know and that that kind of um, that kind of was it, it you know when when Bedford took over with about three and a half minutes left they you know got a couple got a first down and and then kneeled uh, kneeled the clock out to to finish off the last I think ninety seconds or so uh, from there and and you know I you know you can tell. <laughs> Here's here's the the media side of me uh, with a with a little little complaint. You can tell when a team has been there and done that because uh, this year, you know, I'm ready. I'm I'm waiting for celebration photo opportunities to take photos and get some you know great shots of them jumping around with the plaque or doing something. And it was kind of yeah, ho hum. Here's the championship plaque. Let's all huddle up and and uh, you know have our post game comments and yeah, and then, and then we'll, we'll go home. Um, so like, usually I like to run a photo of, you know, you know, celebration or, or hugs and all, and they're just, and it was like, business as usual, uh, we'll, we'll move on to the next one. So, yeah, you know, I'm sure in their hearts that probably wasn't. (laughs) No, absolutely. No, I mean, yeah, the best stuff was probably on the bus, you know, best way home, but. uh, And they were, and, and it wasn't a, uh it wasn't a rollover game obviously right oh, no, they had no. a, they had a tough game last week against uh Portsmouth this was another tough game you know again they had emotionally even right they we talked about that right at the beginning they had to kind of dig down and stay true to themselves and not fall into that spiral that that again Londonderry kind of forced Pinkerton into last week so that takes a, it takes a lot out of you you know again it wasn't down to a goal line stand or the last minute field goal like last year but oh, yeah yeah yeah, I'm sure they were probably tired and content, you know, different emotions. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, when, you know, coming off of the, the way it landed last year, I mean, 
you know, how do you not celebrate that one, you know, right. like a crazy man? Right. Well, yeah, like I said, that's more of an explosive, you know, jumping sure. up and down insanity versus this time probably a little bit more of contentment and, and just like good exhaustion. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, and, and I, I meant to ask you too, Joe, what, when was the last time a division one team repeated? That's a very good question. I'm glad that because it's asked been a it. while, hasn't it been? <laughs> it has. Uh, this is actually the first time, uh, since the expansion of the division, since they went to 20 or 21 teams, uh, to start starting with the 2013 season. First time a team has gone back to back in division one since Exeter in 2011 and 2012. Uh, right. which they won back-to-back championships against Pinkerton, which, right. and that was uh, a run of, I want to say, five straight championship game appearances for Pinkerton. They they won it in 2010, uh, then went an 11-12 loss to Exeter. They were there in 2013 and lost to Concord, and then went in 2014 and beat Bedford. So even, like, just getting to a championship game two years in a row, um, you know, or, or more than that. I mean, Londonderry has done it now, you know, has gotten there three years in a row, which is the most since, again, since 2013 when they expanded it to 20 teams and now it's 21 teams. So, yeah, this is the most or first time a team's won back-to-back and a team has gone, you know, gone to the game more than two years in a row. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought that it might have been that long. You know, I was thinking back to, you know, Pinkerton in the nineties and, uh, central. Oh, it's been, I mean, previously, you know, in this previous format where it was what, like 10, nine, 10 teams in division one, it almost yeah. happened all the time. I mean, Exeter, like I said, Exeter did it at 11, 12, um, Pinkerton won three in a row from Oh five to 07. Yep. And then central won four in a row from Oh one to Oh four. Like yep. it happened much more frequently and and I think I, I, honestly, if I can get up on my soapbox here a little bit, um, this is why I like this format better. You yes. Know, that that with the more more teams in the division, more teams making the playoffs. Like that thing we heard a couple weeks ago about possibly cutting playoffs from thirteen teams down to eight. I think that's insane. Why would you yeah. do that? Yeah, I don't like that either. I, I, if you'd have done that, Bedford wouldn't have even wa- made the playoffs last year as right. a 10 seed. I think that's just, it's silly. Uh, yeah. Cause it seems like they, they've, you know, they've been, they've been trying for so long to find a formula that matter that, that not, not that matters. That's the that, wrong that word. works. That works. That works. Right. Like yeah. that. And, and you're never going to find a perfect one, but no. I don't know. The last couple of years has been refreshingly different. Yes, I, I agree. And I like, you know, I think, I think the problem, I, we're kind of off topic here, but we'll, we'll keep going for a little bit. Um, I think the problem is is that too many times when when we're in these situ they're in these situations to make decisions on things, there's a knee jerk reaction to what just happened. And right. if you look at what happened this year, you had a lot of blowouts in the first round. You had a lot of blowouts in the second round. Well, if that's going to be the case, we should only have eight teams in the playoffs. No, yeah, it happens in every sport. Right. You know, and look at the previous year. Exactly. We're, and the previous year was fantastic. Right. You You only have two years of data. It's it's yeah, it's not enough. Like, just let it let it play out for another cycle, please. Like, just give it some time to 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 actually, you know, and like like we have with this bigger, you know, division one that we're at 20 teams and now 21 teams. And it's I I don't know. I feel like it's working well, Uh, but Uh, I do, too. I again, how do you argue? I mean, again, like you said, Bedford wouldn't have even made the playoffs last year if they cut. Yeah, if there were only eight teams, exactly. Right under that under that tighter format. So I I just and I think that was one of the best stories, one of the most interesting playoff runs in recent memory. Yeah, you know, absolutely. so absolutely. Regardless of why sport, deprive. Like, yeah, yeah, why why deprive the chances of that potentially happening again? Right. So. Yeah. I yeah. So I I did I. Wasn't necessarily going there with the question, but <laughs> but 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 I think that's a good I think that's a good place to go with it. Sure. You know, but I was I was really just kind of looking at you know it's it's a it's a rarity, especially under the the newer format, and it it speaks very highly to 
um, you know, the effort that the coaches and the players over in Bedford have put in to, to, you know, making that such a consistent program, it is even harder to do now, which by the way, as we just discussed, I think is better for the league, but it's even harder to do that now than it ever was before in division one. Yeah. I, I think it's better too. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into it more uh, next week. That's definitely a topic for, uh, for the wrap up show. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but I, I did want to throw out, uh, I, I know uh, we, we love our stats here uh, on the podcast. So I wanted to throw some, some, uh, well, maybe not so much stats, but just some figures, some things that, that this is now, happened um with bedford's defense you know last year we were we were in awe of the fact that they uh you know they pitched three straight shutouts to get into the final and if you look at it in that final they gave up 14 points but both of those touchdowns came in the second quarter against londonderry right so you know of the the uh four playoff games what is that uh 16 quarters uh, if my math is right uh, they they only gave up points in one of them, so 15 out of the 16 they shut out the opponent. Uh, yeah. You look at this year once again in the playoffs. They gave up a touchdown, uh, you know, late to Salem in the in the quarterfinals, and then uh, on the opening drive here against Londonderry, so 14 points in three games uh, with another shutout in the playoffs. Uh, and not only that, but that touchdown. Um, that Londonderry scored was only the second touchdown that Bedford's first team defense gave up all year. And they did not allow uh, a passing touchdown on the season. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, Dover, uh, as we mentioned, had a touch scored a touchdown uh, actually on their opening drive. First time that Bedford trailed all year uh, Concord and Thornton Academy. And then Salem all scored late touchdowns uh, against Bedford. Um, just a remarkable run uh, defensively for the Bulldogs, and and uh, you know last year, you know they weren't as high powered on offense. They could they could score, but certainly not the way they did this year. This year, just a, a you know a tremendous offense to go with that defense. Yeah, yeah, I, you know the, we the defense gets overlooked a little bit uh, at times because the, it's not as statistically rich as looking at offense, right? You can look at, yeah, especially not in high school. Yeah. Right. You know, you could look at rushing performances and, you know, the, the quarterback was, you know, 11 of 18 for two thirty-seven and three touchdowns. Like, you know, that there's, that's really, really kind of statistically rich, right? Defense is tougher, um, to give that type of credit to it. It's just, it's just the nature of how that side of the ball works, I think. But one of the things that I noticed the first time that I, saw Bedford, which I can't even remember who it was against. It was, it was way earlier in the season was, was, I was so impressed with their defense, but it was how well they all played together. Right. There, it wasn't like, Oh man, they have this one nose tackle that just kills everybody. Or, you know, they have those two inside linebackers that just, they run the show. Right. It, it was, it, it really was that entire starting defense was just really, really relentless fast, well-coached, good tackling. It, it, it was the best team defense that I saw in the league this year. And, and Londonderry, very good defense. We've mentioned Portsmouth's defense. Um, th- there were a number of Division One defenses that were pretty impressive this year, but none where I saw where it was like all 11 of those players are just all on the same page um, and all very capable. So I, I think that is a huge piece of, of the... Uh, the championship story here any uh any other thoughts on on this game uh or i don't know did we cover all the bases on this one i think so i mean <laughs> other than like j- just a heartfelt congratulations to bedford again it's not an easy thing to to repeat in this division one format um and, and again i just think it speaks a ton to the the hard work that they've put in right to to keep that level of consistency. Um, and then also, you know, a congratulations to Londonderry on a great season. Uh, I'm sure that those guys, you know, all know, Hey, you know, we, we can't judge the greatness of our season on, you know, uh, 
you know, 40 minutes of football or, right. you know, whatever it was, it was, you know, they were ahead for a few minutes there. Right. So I didn't say the full 48, but right, you know, right. your whole season can't come down to that when yeah. you look back at it and think about all the, everything that you accomplished, all the fruits of the hard work that you put in. Um, again, speaking about consistent programs, uh, that takes the cake in terms of Londonderry and what they've done recently too. So I think, I think congratulations to both programs genuinely um, is what I would just like to say. Yeah, I, I would second that. Um, yeah, certainly uh, making it this far. Not everybody does. You know, there. this is another, you know, uh, Coach Matthews mentioned this at the end of the game too. That, you know, there's there's only one team that, that ends the year happy. That's right. Um, you know, so it's uh, just getting there is, is sometimes just a feat in itself. And, you know, certainly – you know, for Coach Lozon, I know at the at the beginning of the year he was a little uncertain about this team, probably more so than uh, than many of his others. Um, and then for to end up in the championship game again is, uh, you know, uh, uh, quite the feat. Um, yeah. So yeah, congratulations to both teams. Congratulations to everybody on uh, on making it through the season, another season. Um, you know, it, it was uh, it was rough at times with the weather, uh, for sure. Felt like we were. You know, we were just had a storm cloud over us every single Friday or Saturday at yep. times. Um, but we, you know, we made it through. Um, you know, we still got one week of this left to do. And before we go today, we have to talk about the other championship that was crowned, champion that was crowned this weekend uh, with our with our Pigskin Profits uh, football picks. Uh, Mike, I think for this, what is it, the second time we've been doing this, uh, you, you uh, came out on top again. Did you win the last one, too? Yeah, speaking of repeats, Joe, you know, uh, <laughs> which is not an easy thing to do in it's, this. No, it is not. Format. You uh, you bet you bested me by two games. Uh, what, what I think, yeah, you were eighty eighty five and twenty seven on the year, and I was uh, eighty three and twenty nine. So, uh, congrats to you. I think you overtook me with like like in like. I want to say the last week of the regular season, and uh, yeah, you were you were kicking my butt out of the gate. I I yeah. I made some really goofy picks in the beginning was like oh boy <laughs> this isn't gonna go smoothly no you had a, yeah there was one week where you you had a there was like a three or four game difference between what we had and then you uh you stayed the course and and caught up and and uh once again came out on top yeah well well thank you i think you and i both enjoy doing those but you could you know no joke you could tell everybody Almost every week when I send you that email, what, what what's my opening line? Oh, kind of like, oh, geez, I don't know, but here we go. Yeah, these are so hard, right? Like, because they are. Like, you know, you you go through, you kind of pick the best matchups, I, I, right? Yeah, now. yeah. I don't, I don't want to make it easy on us, so I try to pick, right. You know, the ten toughest games, and I mean, every once yeah. in a while, I'll throw in a, in in one that's uh, one or two that are, are, you know, just because they might be a big game or. You know, uh, big matchups, rivalry games, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, for those programs, yeah, right? Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I I found it very difficult each week to <laughs> to, to, to do that, and a lot of times it's just it's just a kind of a roll of the dice type of thing. But yeah. uh, I, I I enjoy making the picks. I hope uh, people yeah. get uh, yeah that you, you know that they're happy when we pick them and and really fired up at us when we don't. So yeah, that's, any, that's anytime we can be bulletin board material, I'll, I'll take it. Yep, it means people are reading. Right. Uh, all right. Well, I don't know. I think that'll uh, that'll just about do it for us today. I think so. All right. Well, like I said uh, at the beginning, we've got one more show planned for next week where we will uh, we'll get into some topics maybe that we didn't get to this year. And of course, I'll I'll continue ranting about uh, what the divisions and playoffs might look like next year. But uh, again, we'll save that for next week. Uh, Mike, thanks again for doing this. As always, I, I very much appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joe. He's Mike Lockman. I'm Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you one last time uh, next week.